Welcome back to Pops and Pop Culture, a Riverdale rewatch podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Luke, and we're here to discuss all things pop culture and dissect the wildest show on TV. And we are back for episode number 13, Unlucky 13. Wow. Um, but we're here to discuss chapter 7, uh, In a Lonely Place, season 1, episode 7 of Riverdale, of course. Um, I feel like we should just get the boring stuff out of the way as always um so this episode got a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes um 10 fresh reviews one rotten review um but an average score of 7.53 out of 10 so definitely less than last week um and then in terms of director and writer we have our first female director for any of the episodes allison anders and the writer is Aaron Allen. So both new. Two new people? To the show. Both have a first name and a last name that starts with A. So, yeah. <laughs> They're shaking it up a little bit. I don't know if I really saw that ref- reflect in the episode, but. Yeah. I don't know if I'm. Well, should we move on to our newest segment? Yeah. Please tell me about the movie In a Lonely Place. So, In a Lonely Place was a movie that was released in 1950, Mm -hmm. um, and it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, so. Wow. Critically acclaimed. Um, Hollywood screenwriter Dixon Steele and his neighbor, Laurel, are just getting to know each other romantically when the police begin questioning Dixon about his involvement in the murder of a girl he once met. Certain her new love interest is innocent. Laurel stands by Dixon, but as the police continue pressing him, Dixon begins to act increasingly erratically. The blossoming love affair suffers as Laurel begins to wonder if Dixon really might be a killer. So I feel like this definitely, like, matches the plot at least somewhat. Or, like, an element. At least the beginning of that description. I mean, like, the whole thing where, like, I mean, I think basically they're referencing, like, the relationship between Jughead and Betty and, like, how Betty, or Jughead is at least initially kind of accused of possibly being involved in Jason's murder and then Betty stands by him. But the second part of that description where Betty turns on Jughead, that doesn't actually happen in this episode. Mm -hmm. And this also slightly reminded me of the relationship between FP and Jughead. Obviously, that's not romantic, but yeah, I think there are, there are some parallels there. They're also just getting to know each other, and there's clearly something somewhat suspicious going on there. Yeah, um, and I definitely think they chose this title because of the movie and not, like, In a Lonely Place doesn't really make sense as a title, I feel like. Yeah. For this episode. I mean, maybe well, like Jughead's sort of, I guess, in a lonely place. I think because it or is so Jughead FP. focused. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as lonely. Like, I feel like there's a much better, there's much better descriptions mm-hmm. of their situations. So I think this is definitely a situation where they uh, only chose this title because of the movie parallel. 
which I can imagine would be uh, the situation for a lot of these episodes because it's probably pretty difficult to find a movie that has a title that closely aligns with like the plot of the episode. Yeah. Um, I wonder who comes up with this. Like, how do they know all these old movies? I feel like they just look them up. Yeah, I'd be very curious to I mean, I think all the see movies, that process like, in the writer's room. I think all the movies, like, fall within a certain genre. Like, this is, like, a noir film. I feel like they're all, like, sort of, like, these old-timey, like, mystery, I don't know, type films. Yeah. So there's, like, they're reaching from a smaller pool than just, like, any movie ever. But I guess. I don't know. Um, should we get into this episode, though? Or should I guess we should talk about what we thought about it first. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, this episode was just fine. I think that Riverdale was kind of on a roll, and mm-hmm. this was just, like, whatever. Yeah. Kind of underwhelming. Felt like not much happened. There wasn't a lot of development in the plot, but there was definitely... A good amount of character development and it felt a little bit more like one of the earlier episodes where they're introducing new characters and new storylines more yeah. than moving along the plot i totally agree i mean i think that we've liked the last two episodes specifically because so much is like happening and we're getting new details about this case and i feel like that didn't really happen this mu- this episode but we instead get a lot of character development specifically of fp and kind of their backstory with the andrews and that whole situation which is important but it's not as exciting to watch unfold on the screen and we also didn't get a lot of like the ridiculousness of the town yeah there was no big town event that this all led up to which well yeah felt like a little bit more anticlimactic yeah, like, not as episodes. much, like, really changed from the beginning of this episode to the end of this episode, I feel like. Yeah, and normally I'm a big fan of these types of episodes where it's, they're very character-focused, but on a show like Riverdale, I'm not sure the characters are strong enough to... They're not pulling the show. It's ...lead like, the plot. It's, like, the yeah. plot that's pulling the show for this. Yeah. Um, should we get into it, though? Would you like to yes. start us off? So... This episode opens, like all other episodes, with Jughead's narration, and he's talking about what makes a place a home, and we see this sort of 1950s idealized version of Riverdale, where everyone's so happy and getting along. Um, Seems like it might be images from the comics. Yeah. And then these scenes are intercut with... um, images of fp at home alone drinking and then we cut to jughead and he's sleeping in the school so Mm -hmm. i guess that's where he went after the drive-in theater closed and he's getting ready in the morning in the school bathroom and then archie walks up behind him and jughead eventually shows archie that he's been living in the I guess the closet at school because things aren't going well at home with his dad the closet under the stairs like very Harry Potter situation (laughs) oh like Harry Potter (laughs) yeah um 
and we find that his mom took Jelly Bean, his younger sister, um, and left town, I guess because of his dad and his drinking, I guess. And he lost his job, too. Oh, and he lost his job at Andrew's Construction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, also, if she could bring... Jelly bean with her? Why didn't she bring Jughead with her? I don't totally understand that. Kind of unclear. Um, But I have a question. Would you rather be named Jughead or Jelly Bean? uh, Jughead? Jughead? I I don't really. I mean, Jelly Bean's at least like a word, so it's kind of weird. And you can go by JB. Yeah, she wants to be. As she decides. Yeah, you can't really go by like JH. JH. Like that doesn't really work. (laughs) But JB does work. Um, um, and also something notable is Jughead really doesn't want, um, Betty to know that he's living at school. Mm-hmm. Or Veronica. Well, and his dad thinks that he's been couch surfing. Um, and Archie offers him, um, his house to live at. But yeah. Jug says that it's temporary and he does not want Betty to know. And Archie doesn't totally understand. He's like, oh, Betty won't judge you. Like, maybe Veronica will, but... Yeah. So, He's a little naive, Archie doesn't really he'll understand the out. blossoming romance mm-hmm. between um, Jughead and Betty. But. but then we go to the Lodge household. Um, Veronica, we left her last episode. She was very mad at her mom because he, she is... Well, first of all, she forged her signature... Um, and gave the contract to Fred or Andrew's construction. And also she's having the beginnings of an affair with Fred. Um, so she's mad on both of those for both of those reasons. Um, but she's using retail therapy to cover for her emotional wounds. As she says, she's been shopping at glamazon.com, which I couldn't tell if that was like a joke or like, off-brand Amazon. Like, I couldn't tell yeah. which one they were going well, for Well, yeah, later... That. And later she talks about her American Excess card. Yeah, like, it's unclear which, if those are, like, play on words or if they're literally... Or if they're, like, trying to avoid copyright infringement. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it works either way. Um, and Hermione is obvious... Is, well, I'm confused by this, but she's concerned that they're living beyond their means and that she's overspending because they can hardly afford the apartment that they're staying in. And I'm like, if you can hardly afford the apartment you're staying in, why don't you just downsize to a smaller apartment? Like you're I feel like this is like a constant apartments. theme in Riverdale. That like they're claiming her... that they're like way worse off than they actually are. Yeah, and also just that Hermione keeps worrying about money. But, but... like then continues to spend money excessively. Yeah. Or, like, have yeah. this apartment that's... Or, like, it's not even an apartment. It's, like, a house that's, like... And have, like, humongous. a butler. Yeah. Or whatever like, he is. A driver. There are so many man. ways you could make financial... Like, you could financially, uh... Like, you could cut back on your spending. But, I mean, it's still uh, not a great idea for Veronica to be overspending. But still. Seems like they're mm-hmm. over-worried about this money issue. Um... And then Veronica kind of retorts that um, about her working for Fred and how, and clearly she's still angry about that. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the break room 
where Betty is telling every just everyone who's there, yeah. um, talking pretty freely and openly um, about how the Coopers don't want to, the police to know that Polly ran away because they don't want people to think that she was the one who burned down the car and they don't want her to become a suspect in Jason Blossom's murder. So why why then is Betty just telling everybody? Very loudly in a very central location. <laughs> I feel like they think that when they're having a conversation um, in, in on the couch room. in the break room that no one can hear them. And that's just, it's just not true. Um, like, never true. Like, literally, yeah. uh, Cheryl is always walking in after overhearing, <laughs> like, something. So, like, clearly it's not a very secure place to have conversations. But yes. they haven't gotten the but, point. <laughs> but Betty is... Um, understandably very upset about the whole situation with Polly mm. and her parents. And then Jughead puts his arm around mm. her. And, and, and then Betty like sort of very, like... very, like, interesting look. <laughs> yeah. Well, Betty sort of, like, grabs his hand that's around her sh- her shoulder. And Archie also notices. And Archie's yeah. just like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then... In the hallway, Archie and Jughead quickly talk about Betty, um, and Jughead says that they have a moment, and oh. Archie's like, "Oh, like that's totally fine." He's I like guess talking he's not like too... he's on like The Bachelor. Like we had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> like no one actually ever talks like that, but yeah, they did have a moment. But Archie. I guess is fine with it. I mean, it's not like Archie's any in any place to not be fine with it. He but... doesn't love Betty, so he should. Be fine. <laughs> but it's it seems like Jughead feels like he needs to like get Archie's approval. Yeah. Um, because of they're like I guess best their whole past. Also, um, I mean, Archie and Betty are like best friends, so it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um. Archie says he talked to his dad about giving FP a second chance at Andrew's construction, and he suggests that Jughead goes and talks to his dad. Mm -hmm. And then we see Betty and Veronica having their own conversation. Um, Veronica noticed that Riverdale's very own Holden Caulfield (laughs) had um, put his arm around Betty. Um, But then... Betty talks about how Jughead was there for her when she was having a rough time with the whole situation with Polly and her parents. And then Veronica says, says, oh my god, swoon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh god. um, But Veronica approves because Jughead seems to be treating Betty well. But also, like, don't they know each other? Like, I don't know why she didn't, she wouldn't have previously approved. Like, haven't they been hanging out a lot? So, yeah, but Jughead's not necessarily Veronica's cup of tea type. <laughs> yeah, um, and then Veronica's like, "Let's go find your sister." So clearly, she's she's gotten involved in this process. She's managed to uh, insert herself into this process. Um, but then we see Sheriff Keller. And he is talking to Penelope um, about the car. And they're kind of discussing. And Cheryl walks in, of course. 
and she's like, I have info about the case, um, like the murder case, but she's withholding her information unless she's allowed to be, like, have control over the roof of Vixens again, which her mom caves pretty quickly, so seems like Cheryl has gotten back her River Vixen's privileges um, um, after not too long. And so I guess one of her uh, friends, which we kind of see this in the break room, um, one of her friends is like overhearing the conversation and texts someone. So obviously it was Cheryl who she texted and she found out that Polly escaped on the same night that the car was torched. Um, and so that obviously is a new lead in the murder investigation and also she says that she tweeted it out to all of her minions which hashtag polly cooper kill yeah. my brother hashtag nowhere to hide hashtag sharpen your pitchforks <laughs> um which betty is very concerned about we quickly see betty and kevin walking and basically exactly what she wanted to avoid has happened now polly is at the center of this murder investigation you know, I was starting to like Cheryl. Yeah, she, like, completely returned back to, like, her roots. <laughs> it's like you like her for, like, two minutes, and then she just goes right back to her old ways. But she redeems like, herself later in this episode, I think. Twitter is just not the way to handle that situation. But also, like, who actually uses Twitter at this age to, like, tweet out breaking news in your personal life? Like, And why do you tweet in all hashtags? Yeah, those are not, like, like okay, I'm going to also use the hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother. Like, <laughs> only one person can use that hashtag. <laughs> so. Well, then Jughead goes to his house or his, for, or it's a trailer where FP lives. And it's a big mess. There yeah. are bottles all over the place. And he finds FP there and... They talk a bit, and I guess Fred had called FP to offer him a job, but um, FP doesn't want to go back to work for him. Yeah. And FP's, like, very angry at Fred and Jughead's mom, too. So there's clearly some tensions in the family. Um, And then we see a very big scene. I feel like this is, like, the scene that we... Like, where the whole town gets together. This is, like, the equivalent of that. But it happens really early on in the episode. Um, where Betty and, Jughead have, he, Betty and Jughead have essentially organized a search party in the forest for Polly. Um, so I guess they're not concerned about anyone finding out at this point the cat's out of the bag. Polly escaped on the same night that the car went up in flames. Um, which... This whole situation was kind of confusing because, like, shouldn't the police be organizing a search party, not just two random teenagers? Um, And it was weird that it wasn't the parents or, like, the parents and Betty that were at the front and talking to everybody. Yeah, like, her parents were there, but they were, like, just participants. It was Betty and Jughead. Yeah. Which I like. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But it just, yeah. (laughs) Um, Veronica, I noticed, was wearing quite a very quite an interesting outfit for a search party in the middle of the woods um and also i don't exactly know why they like have some reason why they think that she would be in these woods 
Um, I don't know exactly how they narrowed it down to just one set of woods. Like, I feel like she could have traveled pretty far by now. Like, it's been a few days, so... I don't know why they think she'd be in just these woods. Clearly, they were wrong. Um, but in the middle of the search party scene, we see Archie talking to Betty, um, and he apologizes for not being there to help her, and she's okay with that. And then also we see Kevin talking to Veronica, and Veronica is just sort of explaining her situation with her mom and saying that um, the like the ball's in her mom's court. She needs to make the next move. Um, and she kind of lays out her whole plan, what she does every single time she needs to force her mom's hand. Um, so she goes out with her fave celeb gal pal, her best gay, and her dim-witted, sexy, disposable arm candy. And she goes out to, like, the club or something. Um, and so she says her plan is to use Josie, Kevin, and who is the guy? I didn't know what Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Okay. So Josie, Kevin, and Reggie. Um, and Kevin seems perfectly happy. Yeah, to he's be like honored to be part of this group. Which again, Kevin, you deserve more. I feel like we always say that. Um, and then Kevin's like, "Should we invite Betty?" Um, but right as that happens, um, Veronica notices that the blossoms have arrived at the search party as well. And well, they just... they have their own search party. Oh yeah, I guess. But in the same woods. And there's a very <laughs> tense moment between the Blossom parents and the Cooper parents. They're throwing shots at each other. Yeah, particularly uh, between Alice and Penelope. Which, like, I feel like they could be, like, sisters. Like, they're actually really similar. Mm, like, I feel like they I could totally be sisters. Alice is a little bit warmer than Penelope Blossom. She's a little bit more potential to be a nice person. Yeah, well, I feel like Alice, you get, like, moments where she's, like, a nicer... She's, like, okay. A nicer being. Where Penelope, she's pretty much always, like, this, like, cold-hearted person. But I feel like they could be, like, related based on, like, their personalities. But the Coopers and the Blossoms are related in other ways. It's a spoiler. Dads. No, that's not a spoiler. I think it's a spoiler that we already spoiled. No, they talk about it in this episode. They do? Yeah, because, like, uh, Cheryl is like, oh, you're part of the Blossom family now. But she doesn't mean that. Oh, 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 I got it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much the whole scene. And then... We see Betty and Alice talking to each other, and we get a quick little CoverGirl product placement moment. Oh, there's I didn't been even know at that. least three of these. Wait, what was the product throughout the one? whole season? It was like a blush or something that Alice was putting on, and it like zoomed in mm. on the blush. CoverGirl playing the big bucks. Although I didn't even notice this one because it wasn't like a specific like I'm putting on makeup moment. So I feel like I wasn't like looking for it. Oh, really? I find them all to just be very, like, visually jarring. Well, some of them, it's, like, literally straight out of a CoverGirl ad. Like, it, like, looks like it was, like, yeah, but it's like to be a CoverGirl ad. Riverdale has, like, a very specific aesthetic. And all of a so sudden, then, <laughs> they, like, put when in they, like, placement. bring in a product, it just, like, 
which is not. weird. Yeah. But, um, so Alice is talking about damage control. She wants to get ahead of the story, so she's going to do a press conference. Mm. Um, so she does a press conference and she denies the rumors about Polly being Jason's murderer, um, burning the car. Um, but then they drop the pregnancy bomb. Yeah. But I mean, I think it is true that Polly has like an alibi. Like, I mean, she was in the private care facility or whatever they want to call it. Like, during the de- the murder. So, like, she has people to vouch for her that Polly was cool. has an alibi. Yeah, what they said, what someone said was that if Polly escaped this time, she could have escaped before. But that doesn't make a lot of sense that she escaped and then she went back Yeah, in. why would she go back? Especially after she, like, escaped to kill someone. Like, And when she escaped this time... Or the only time, presumably. Yeah. Um, she had to break a window, so it was very obvious that she escaped. Yeah. So it seems unlikely that she escaped and came back and nobody noticed. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think this kind of officially makes it seem like uh, Polly was not the killer. Um, but Alice announces to everybody that Polly is pregnant with Jason Blossom's baby. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that the Blossoms had no no knowledge of this. And they leave immediately after hearing that. And then Alice, like, makes this very, like, tearful cry for Polly's return. Like, if you're watching this, we want you back. (laughs) Like, so. Alice is definitely turning it on for the cameras. Which is also weird because, like, they are, like, reporters. But then they're, like, hosting a press conference. It's like the kind of thing that Alice would be like all over covering, but it's like her. So, well, yeah, I guess she knows how to put on a good press conference. Also, who who are like who are all the press in Riverdale besides the register? But it seemed like it was just like there's a couple of cameras there, and then it was just just the the town. town. Yeah. So it wasn't really a press conference. I guess it was more of just like a address (laughs) to the town. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, anyone that's an actor in the show just showed up to the. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we see Jughead and he's walking Betty home at night. They're holding hands. Yeah. Cute moment between them. Um, and Betty's uh, struggling because she's kind of thinking about it and realizing that um, she's the kind of the reason that Polly ran away. Like she got, gave Polly new information that she didn't have. And so the reason why Polly is missing is sort of because she came forward with information. Um, but Jughead consoles her, um, and Betty sort of remembers this moment from her childhood with Polly, where when they were, like, nine years old and Polly went missing, she had this, like, big fight with her mom, and presumably she was, the whole time she was hiding in her attic, which is why when Betty gets home, she looks in her attic for Polly, and she's there. Um, so we found Polly. There's a very, like, creepy scene in the attic with, like, dolls and, like, very dusty and, like, creepy attic, uh, tropes. But... There's a bit of a jump scare. Yeah, but we we finally found Polly. 
Um, and Polly again says that she and Jason had this whole plan that they were going to raise this baby on a farm and she still wants to go to this farm, but she doesn't have enough money to get there. And Polly is worried about what will happen if she just goes home because she doesn't want to give the baby up for adoption, but she knows that Alice is going to make her give the baby up for adoption. And how. Yeah. It's, they're both, they're both, they're both anti, uh, her having this child oh, wrong <laughs> yeah um, um yeah but then fp goes to see fred and at andrew's construction and i guess he wants to take the job um because he wants his son's respect yeah and so but then hermione walks in And there's sort of, like, a tense moment. They're making eye contact, FP and Hermione. And Fred is like, oh, you know FP. He's going to be working for us now. Yeah. And I think then Fred leaves and Hermione and FP have a little moment Mm -hmm. where FP says, I guess Hiram already took care of everything so there's no more like bad blood between them there's no more blood bad blood snakes don't bite unless provoked or something like that yeah but he also asked hermione not to tell fred that he was a serpent but i was confused because doesn't he have like a tattoo like wouldn't it be pretty obvious and i feel like it's sort of just like common knowledge who's a serpent but i guess yeah. not. i thought that too but Maybe not. It would seem like it would be hard to, like, hide the fact that you're in a gang. Especially, like, the South It's true, because the tattoo is, like, on your forearm. So if you were just wearing... No, it's on your shoulder. Short or, or it's on your, like, bicep. It's... Oh, I thought it was on your forearm. I guess I'm just thinking of the dark mark. Yeah. I think um... it's on your bicep. <laughs> but we don't even okay. know that yet, I think. But... Okay. Um, well... So then we have, like, a very quick scene... Um, Betty is talking to her parents and sort of just asking them what would happen if Polly returned, sort of trying to, like, assess the situation. And they're like, oh, of course she would live with us. Like, we would be so happy to have her back. But then she asks about the baby and they would be like, no, we would have to put the baby up for adoption. Um, Like, she's too young to make that decision for herself. Like, we can her raising a baby. Um, And so... That obviously makes Betty concerned about just letting Polly return to their house. And then we see Betty and Veronica in the break room. And Betty is talking about (laughs) how Polly was in her attic. Yeah. So clearly Betty did not learn her (laughs) Her lesson about disclosing sensitive information in the break room. And Veronica wants to help out with whatever she can um, because Polly needs medical support. She needs to be going to get ultrasounds. That makes sense, I think. I mean, that's a real thing. But then, of course, (laughs) Cheryl walks in and Cheryl also wants to help Polly because of the babies they're Mm -hmm. going to be, or him or her is going to be uh, Polly's. Or Cheryl's, Cheryl's niece or nephew. Yeah. So then Cheryl and Betty go into an empty classroom to talk. And 
Cheryl is like, do you know where they are or where Polly is? And Betty says no, but Cheryl's like, well, you're a terrible liar. I know that you know um, where Polly is. And Cheryl says that they're all on the same team now. And Betty is pretty reluctant to trust her. Yeah. Which, understandably so. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we see Archie and Jughead, and they are in Fred's, like, construction trailer, um, right as FP and Fred are getting back from a day of work, and Jughead wants them to all get dinner to celebrate um, sort of the rekindling of their families. Um, And they go to Pops, they're having dinner, they're kind of reminiscing on old high school stories, Um, and it's clear that FP sort of wants to get to know Jughead better, he's asking about, like, oh, you have a girlfriend, Um, but Jughead is definitely not comfortable, like, sharing yet. He's very proud of Jughead Mm -hmm. and his writing, Yeah, you can tell that. Which that definitely, like, extends, like, for many seasons. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And there's, and then we find out that Fred and um, FP used to have a band together called the Fred Heads, um, and apparently they're really bad. And and then there's this like weird scene where there's like tension about who's supposed to pay, or like who's gonna cover the check. So like Fred wants to pick it up for them, and then FP's like, "No, you owe me. I'm gonna pay for it." And then there's, like, Jughead wants to just pay for it to, like, diffuse the whole situation. But clearly there's a lot of tension. And, I mean, I think, well, there's also a lot of history that we learn later in the episode. But there's also the fact that, like, Fred is FP's employer. And they used to, like, he got fired and now he's back. And also, FP just got, like, a bunch of cash from Hiram. So, like, he may have more money than... Fred realizes. So there's just like all kinds of weird oh, things yeah. going on right now. So then we go to the lodge house or apartment or whatever it is, and we see that Veronica is going out on a school night. Mm. And she said she wouldn't go if Hermione told her dad that she forged her signature on the forms to give Andrew's. Andrew's construction, the contract. Um, yeah. But then her mom doesn't agree to that, so she leaves. Uh, Hermione's like, don't walk out of the door, but she does. And she goes with all her friends, who I guess their parents didn't yeah, mind I know. going I was out so on a school night. Hermione and... cared, but I guess the rest of them didn't. And, and also, they're all. Like, how did they get into a club? Like, they're all underage. I know. And, like, what club? Riverdale's, like, the most confusing town. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, where is this club? I feel like we've seen all of Riverdale, but we haven't never seen this club. It's called, like, the... Oh, no, we don't actually get the name of the club. Well, so they're dancing, and then they sit down, and Veronica starts talking about when her dad was arrested, the police took everything from them. They took their houses, their cars, their yacht, everything. Literally the clothes Um, off their back. Literally the clothes off their back. And her, she was really upset. And her mom told her to comfort her that there was something that no one could ever take from her. And in that moment, um, Reggie says, your trust fund, which yeah. I thought that was a pretty good Reggie line. Yeah. And Veronica says, no, my name. 
And then she says, well, now she took that from me. By forging her signature. Yeah. And she's, like, very Uh, upset by this. Yeah, Veronica did not make herself too sympathetic in this scene. Yeah, I was, like, not really feeling it, not feeling bad for her. I mean, like, first of all, her name's, like, already tainted by being, like, lodged, (laughs) like, her dad's a convicted like criminal it doesn't seem like her name's doing her that very good right now um and also it's like such first world problems like i mean like i know like she's lost everything but like she still has like a really nice house and like plenty of money like it just seems like she's like a little bit over well yeah it's supposed to be overly ridiculous because she says houses plural cars plural yeah and when she says all that, you can see that Kevin and Josie and Reggie are all, like, raising their eyebrows. Like, yeah. they clearly don't feel too bad for her. And it's just hard to feel bad for her when she's, like, she's quote-unquote lost everything, but she still has more than, like, everyone else there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but then we see, we go back to FP and um, Archie and Jughead. They're having a jam session in the garage is jughead participating in this jam i don't know i think he's just sitting in um and then there's like a quick or a quick like line that fp is like oh does fred have any beer and that's clearly a point of contention with jughead and who's like oh isn't it a little late for that and um and then archie asks fp like what did he mean when he said that fred owed him something um, at the restaurant. And so we kind of get some backstory um, on the history between FP and Fred. Apparently they started Andrew's construction together as partners. And according to FP, he was trying to support his family. And so he had to take on some odd jobs, including some shady odd jobs. And that caused him to get arrested once. And Fred had to bail him out and in the process sort of forced him out of the company. Yeah, he said that the bail money was buying buying out his share of the company. Yeah, so clearly there's more to this story than, like, he just got fired. There's, like, some backstory that we haven't really gotten, which is why there's, like, these deep-rooted tensions between Fred and FP. Mm-hmm. And then... We see Betty at Pops with the Blossoms. Always always a good idea to spend time with the Blossoms. Yeah. Um, and they say that they are relieved that Polly is safe. And they want to provide her financial and emotional support. Because they're because she's never carrying worried about finances. They Jason's have plenty of money. Baby, yeah. And they ask where Polly is and Betty clearly does not trust them enough to tell yeah. them this and she says she's ra- she'd rather not say but then they sort of start talking about oh well we're family now like you need to trust us yeah so and then we see a quick scene um where Archie is sort of talking with Jughead about their family history um nothing like really that new happens um and then Jughead and FP leave from the Andrews house. And FP comes back very drunk. Yeah. Because before he was 
in the scene, like the jam session scene, mm-hmm. he was asking for beer, and Jughead had said, um, "Isn't it kind of late?" And then after he told that story, he was like, "I think I need something harder from than beer," and he pulled out a flask. Yeah. So we see Jughead sort of having to take care of FP. Yeah. And then we go back to the club with Veronica. Veronica is trying to pay for, I guess, their drinks. Yeah. Um, they had they got drinks. I don't. I, make any I don't know. Sense, but um, but the card didn't work, and she was like, "Okay, let me guess. Like this card was reported stolen," and the guy was like, "Yeah," um, and then everyone sort of jumps. Well. What's her name? Josie says, well, my mother's the mayor. Like, they just sort of try to jump to... I'm sure your mom's going to love that you are, like, in a club, like, underage, trying to buy drinks on a stolen credit card. Like, that's a great look for you, but... But then, um, Veronica paid in cash, and then she sort of talks about this is how her mom operates. They are like a Um, cobra and a mongoose dancing. Yes. (laughs) Whatever that like, means. I don't know how either of those two animals would interact in the wild, but apparently it's like how Veronica and Hermione interact. <laughs> but also this is like a sign that Hermione is ready to negotiate. Which is like their family their relationship is so strange. Like they interact by like spending each other's money basically. <laughs> Not like healthy at all. Um, but then we get another scene, um, Jughead's, like, helping FP into the trailer, he's, like, really drunk, um, and he's, like, taking off his shoes for him as FP's going to bed, and Jughead is, like, very, you can tell he's, like, happy that, to be home, and they're talking about, like, he's talking about, like, Jellybean and his mom and, like, what's going on with them, but then FP is, like, passed out on the couch, so a little upsetting for Jughead because he thought he had his dad back but his dad is still very much an alcoholic and not a great father figure in his life and we find out that Jellybean is now going as JB because she's really cool she listens to Pink Floyd and she's only like 10 so. she listens to Pink Floyd on vinyl so. yeah but it's kind of sweet the way that Jughead talks about his sister. Like, he clearly yeah. does think she's cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> if they, they would have a good relationship if they were closer, I feel like. Um, but then Archie confronts Fred about the story he learned from FP. And then we hear Fred's side of the story. So he says that FP was stealing parts from the company and selling them on this mm-hmm. on the side and i guess uh fred had billed him out a couple of different yeah. times it was like and a pattern of this behavior so eventually he was like well i can't have him in my life anymore he was said something about like you give someone enough second chances but at some point they're drowning and you don't want them to take um you with them so he then, was doing what he needed to do to protect yeah. his own family. But then Archie is still yeah. pretty upset about it. And he says, well, what if Jughead is drowning with him too? Yeah. And so I think that that is like the moment where Fred maybe realizes 
like Jughead is my responsibility. Like I can only I can if I cut off FP, I'm responsible for Jughead, in no sense. Yeah. Well, it's not that Jughead is Fred's responsibility, but Fred is like causing their issues, sort of. He's like yeah, I think Fred. He's, he's somewhat responsible for like Jughead having like a messed up childhood, sort of. Well, I think just Fred realizes that Jughead doesn't deserve what he's getting. Yeah. And Fred feels that he wants to take it upon himself to help him out a little bit. Which is good. Yeah. I like that. Um, so then we see Veronica. She returns home um, after her night at the club. And they are ready to negotiate. They're ready to have, like, their formal negotiations. Um, so <laughs> first Veronica is talking, asks, like, brings up the whole situation with... Um, Hermione having an affair and she and Hermione sort of says well Hiram's distance or she's like Hiram has distanced himself from the family and so she's like kind of justifying the affair with that and she still doesn't really fully understand where the relationship is going which I'm like that's like not an excuse like you're either having an affair or you're not like you can't be like well I'm not I haven't decided yet if this is going to be an affair um (laughs) and then Veronica also is like nothing with like Fred and Hermione can happen in their house, which I'm like, who cares? It's like it's either happening or it's not. Well, um, then Veronica doesn't have to witness anything. Yeah, but like it's gonna happen either way. Um, and then also Veronica wants Hermione to tell Hiram that she forged her signature, and Hermione agrees to this. And the other end of the negotiation is that Veronica will not have do any more like reckless spending or going to the club so basically veronica like goes back to her regular life and in return she got like some changes from hermione like it seems like nothing really changed with these negotiations like they're just like back on good terms but nothing has like actually changed well it seems to be really important to veronica that Hermione tells Hiram what she did. And I think... Because Veronica doesn't want to be blamed for anything Yeah, Veronica feels like she's very loyal loyal to Hiram, and she doesn't want to be anything to be misconstrued as, like, um, disloyalty? Is that a word? Disloyalty? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she's very concerned about, like, preserving that relationship. Oh, this next scene, Jughead walks into the blue and gold office and Sheriff Keller and Principal Weatherby are in there. And at first I thought they were like just like looking at his murder wall. Because they have a lot like... of information. I was like, oh finally <laughs> like they're actually collaborating the two investigations that are like Well I thought that he was gonna get like in trouble for having like a murder wall because you're like, oh this is none of your business. You shouldn't be worrying or, about this. Like why haven't you told us all this information that you've collected independently yeah. from us? <laughs> But then they say that Jughead has to go to the station. And then they don't, like, handcuff him or anything because he's not, like, under arrest. He just um, is being interrogated. But they he has to walk down the hallway In front with of Sheriff Keller. Well, first of all, that I don't think you can just do... Like, he's a minor and taking him out of the school... Um, when he didn't do anything at school, just because he's a suspect um taking him out of school with 
without permission from his dad, but also walking him down the hall in front of everybody, especially in this climate where everyone's going to be suspecting that, like, anyone who's involved with the police is, like, a potential suspect in the murder of Jason Blossom. Like, that's, like, really awful. Like, well, and also they have, like, no actual evidence. And they make this, like, Betty makes this point ever- later, but, like, none of their evidence is actually, like, concrete. It's all just very, like, circumstantial. No. So, but also you, if if you want to talk to him, you have to go, go talk to him when he's not in school and don't force him to come to the police station when yeah. you have no reason to. But anyways, um, so they're at the police station and they well they knew that they would find Betty and Jughead's fingerprints on the car but I guess he was looking at his files and he found that he had Jughead's fingerprints before from the time he had tried to burn down the elementary school yeah I guess and he had spent some time in the Riverdale juvenile detention center and I guess um he said he was Jack just had, some, had some other records of bad behavior. And Sheriff Keller then basically starts accusing him of Jason Blossom's murder. He asks him where he was on July 11th. He starts talking about how Jughead was born on the right, wrong side of the tracks. He has a deadbeat dad. He was bullied by kids like Jason Blossom. So, so he sh- like, sort of tries to come up with his would... motive. Yeah. And Jughead says, I'm not going to answer your questions. I want a lawyer. Which, good for Jughead. Yeah. I'm glad he wasn't intimidated by the police. And, like, this is kind of outrageous. The whole, like... Also, like, I mean, come on. Like, you literally think about how much, like, investigating he's doing. Like, you just saw his entire murder wall. I mean... Yeah. It's just, like, I mean, that could be to cover up the crime. Yeah, I guess, but... Yeah, that right now. Doesn't seem like it seems like a lot of the evidence that the police has actually gotten has been from him. So yeah. he's kind of a valuable source in this investigation. That you maybe mm-hmm. would want to be a little bit more careful about just like flat out accusing. Um, and then we get a quick scene with Penelope and Cheryl talking, and Penelope sort of asking Cheryl about Polly. She's like, have she, Has she taken any drugs? Like, would she be a good mother? Or like, fit to be like the mother of our granddaughter and Cheryl says no but we don't really exactly know what the scene is about until later Mm -hmm. and then Betty comes down to the police station and she's talking to Jughead and Jughead talks about how people like him are often accused in situations like this when there's little evidence and the police want to make it seem like they're doing something he's worried about becoming a scapegoat and Betty says that she wouldn't let that happen and then he asks about his dad and no one knows where his dad is but Freddie and Archie have come to the station and then Freddie and Archie are talking to Sheriff Keller and Sheriff Keller is saying oh he's not really helping himself out by not talking he hasn't given me an alibi and then Fred lies and says that Jughead was working for him mm-hmm. on, on July, July 11th. Or July which, 11th, yeah. 
was nice of Fred to do. Archie seems, like, very concerned. Archie's face is, like, so obvious yeah. in that situation. But that's, that's a lot smart to lie. I mean, if okay, they find out that you're lying, then it's going to be even more suspicious. It's going to be even worse for and Jughead. And also, I mean, Jughead didn't, or to our knowledge, like, Jughead didn't kill Jason. So it's like, yeah, he should so Jughead have an might alibi. have a perfectly good alibi. But like, also, Jughead we... might not remember what he was doing on that day. Because it was day. such like, a random day. Like, it was a not, random like, day a not, long time like, ago. It's one thing if it was July 4th and like that day was like a very notable day to everyone in the town. But like July 11th was like just some random day. Like, there was no notable events in the town, like, nothing specifically to mark that day. So, like, if he doesn't remember what he was doing, not that weird. Um, yeah, but of course it would seem suspicious if they were like, "What's your alibi?" He's like, "Oh, I don't remember what I was doing." Um, but like, it's like a legitimate thing that he might not remember yeah. what he's doing. But and then, I feel like F... not great for Fred to like insert mm-hmm. himself into this. And then FP arrives at the situation at or at the station, and he is pretty pissed. About them taking Jughead in. He wants to go yell at Sheriff Keller. And Fred sort of physically blocks him. And they sort of... It's not quite a fight, but it's a little bit aggressive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Jughead comes and stops him. And the Andrews offer to have Jughead go stay with um, them. And you can see there's some tension with FP because he's like Jughead is my son but then he's like maybe it'd be better for you to go stay with the Andrews and then Jughead says that he wants to go with FP and then FP and Jughead have like a little moment they go off to the side a little bit and FP puts his hands on Jughead's shoulders and Jughead seems really upset but um FP promises that he's going to get his act together he's gonna get um, his mom and JB home and but he's he's going to need a month or so to do this so they yeah. hug it's kind of a sweet moment and Jughead is going to go stay at Archie's and then after FP walks away Betty comes up and they have like a little moment she's like comforting him yeah um so Jughead is in good hands for now, at least. And FP is hopefully getting his life back together. Um, and so then we see Hermione. She's sitting with Veronica at their dining room table. There's like a phone on the table and they're calling or they're going to call Hiram um, to tell them about or tell him about the contract for Andrew's construction and like how that whole situation went down. And they're both very nervous about that. Or Hermione specifically is very nervous about that because she sort of went against Hiram's wishes. Um, And then we also quickly see Fred forging uh, Jughead's, like, time card thing. Um, Which, so he's... And Fred... um, Well, so, yeah, so we see Fred and he's basically, he's come around to helping Jughead. And... Archie makes some comment like, oh, you've looks like you've done this before. And Fred's like, I have my ways. FP has his or something like that. I don't really know what that means, but, um, but yeah, so Fred has officially 
gotten himself involved in this case. Mm-hmm. And then Polly is at Pops with Betty and Jughead and Veronica and Kevin. I don't know, just like the whole crew. Um, and so it seems weird that they have Polly at a public place. Yeah, like, what, isn't she like literally seems... want, like being searched for right now? Really weird. But then Cheryl walks in, and Cheryl and Polly have, like, a little moment that's a little bit weird. Cheryl touches her belly, um, and... It's like her, like, daughter-in-law, sort of. Or no, sister-in-law. niece, slash nephew. No, but, like, Polly is to Cheryl, like, her sister-in-law, sort of. Oh, her sister. I mean, they never got married, but they were engaged. Yeah, so. and uh, Polly said some nice things to Cheryl about how much Jason loved her, how much he talked about her, and then Cheryl tells Polly that she should leave because her parents want um, Polly out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So then Veronica offers to help out, and Polly goes to stay at the lodges, and Hermione's just, like, happy to take her in. She's, yeah, she's happy like, to help really out okay Alice, it, Alice's so weird. daughter. Yeah. Which, so like, do the Coopers know where she is? I don't think so. They must I mean, not, Hermione is... seems like a pretty chill mom, but still, like, wouldn't she be concerned? I'm... Yeah, she wants... She's, like, anything for Alice's daughter, but <laughs> she, like... I mean, I think uh, Polly is better off without her parents, but no, wouldn't yeah. she go... If she's such good friends with Alice... Or no, she's not good friends with Alice. No, yeah. Alice is being I so I feel like it, maybe she's like okay with what? it because she knows how like toxic Alice is, and it's like honestly, yeah. this is probably the best situation for her to like her parents not to know where she is. Yeah. So but it's weird that she's like anything for Alice's daughter because. Yeah. It's not like they have a good relationship. Um. And, and also like when she says that, it almost like seems like she's like trying to be cunning like with ulterior motives like it seems like she's like trying to formulate some way she can like get something out of it i don't know it didn't seem like the most sincere um but then we get like kind of a final scene where jughead or archie's like setting up his room for jughead because they're gonna jughead's moving in with archie and jughead says he's still hopeful for his dad um, he's like still holding out hope that he'll go to work tomorrow, that he'll get his life back together. Um, and so that he can kind of have like a real father figure in his life. And then we get like a final narration scene from Jughead and we see there's like a montage, but we see into FP's trailer and that Jason Blossom's letterman jacket is hanging on FP's like in in fp's trailer which would i mean which my first thought is that fp was the one that burned the car if he has access to the letterman jacket oh does was the letterman jacket in the car yeah because that was one thing that they found when Uh, they're in the car so that's my my that's how they identify that it was jason's car yeah um yeah so we get a final teaser for the next episode, um, which I thought that was 
a good move by them. It sort of at least somewhat moved the plot around. They give us a little bit. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What did you think after discussing all the way through? Uh, it's just like a fine episode. Yeah, or I feel like, just like, like not slightly that much boring. Happened. Like you know, to be like, honest. Like yeah. I just feel like not that. Like the scenes weren't that like. Like we could have done without a lot of these things. Like the whole and it wasn't like funny at all. Wasn't that necessary? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was fine, and it was probably a necessary episode. Like, there's a lot of character development in this, but not as but good as so. FP. This is the first big FP episode. Yeah. Um, and we get more about Jughead too. I mean, I know we've gotten yeah. episodes about Jughead, but we definitely get to see more of that. What his I think situation the... is. We've gotten a lot of Betty-focused episodes, and Betty did not have, like, that big of a role in this episode. Yeah. I mean... And I like... I think yeah. Betty is I one like of Betty. the best parts of this show. Um, And also Cheryl didn't get too much. I think Betty and Cheryl, like, really helped move the show along, and neither of them had super big roles. I mean, they both did important things, but they just weren't around. Like, it was very much focused on, like, the Jughead-FP relationship. Which is important to, like, the plot, but not as, like, mm-hmm. the, not as entertaining. Like, I feel like Jughead watching Jughead on screen is not the most, like, entertaining part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's it. Should we... I guess everyone should follow our social media, as always. Um, we have Instagram and Twitter. They're both Pops Pop Culture. And um, you can send us an email at popsandpopculture at gmail.com. We haven't received any emails, but, or well, we have received an email, but not from a fan. <laughs> <laughs> from weird uh, people who want to fake sponsor us. Um, <laughs> and if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you can do that. Give us five stars, write about why you like our podcast. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen. Um, and we will be back on Sunday with some undisclosed content. We're not even sure what it's going to be about, so I'm sure it will be a great time. Yes. Okay. Um, but bon, Louis. Bon Louis.